Ladies and gentlemen, now entering the basement wing in at 237 pounds, he is your host, the man in the mirror, Jordan Tyler Wallenberg. Welcome to Wazzas! Let's get fucking listening, baby! It's me, it's your man, it's your main man, it's Old Walls, back in Old Walls house for episode number 65. I just want to say thank you guys. Thank you guys for uh, continuing to come come listen. Uh, thank you to all my guests in the past, no guests this week, all my uh, all my NCAA basketball guys, they're, they're all too busy, too busy and uh, too cool for school, too good for me this week. So uh, it's going to be a solo old walls this week for episode number sixty-five. Let's uh, let's start with the housekeeping. So you know, thank you guys as always. But you know what the deal is? If you guys could please rate, review, comment, subscribe, subscribe on Spotify, subscribe on Google, subscribe on Apple. Do all the subscriptions. Amazon has it. We'll see if I can uh, find any more ones for us to to toss out there. And as always, share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it with the people on the street. If you got those t-shirts where I'm around, if you want t-shirts, let me know. Oldwallshouse at gmail.com. Quick, quick note for next week. High likelihood that the show will be pushed to Wednesday. High likelihood of the show releasing on Wednesday next week. Maybe late Tuesday. Maybe late Tuesday. One of the two things. So, Tuesday or Wednesday. Possible Wednesday release next week. Uh, I'll let you know I'm doing some traveling. So, uh, talking some Final Four. We got some 60 seconds with MJ back this week. Talking some some WrestleMania. We got the Masters coming up. We had some fights. My passing thoughts. So, without any further ado, let's dive right into it. What's up, Wally? It's MJ. What's up, everybody? Uh, it's been a long time. I got a couple things that I, uh, a couple questions for you, old walls. Uh, number one, WrestleMania this weekend. I thought it was really good, especially as a casual WWE fan uh, for a long time, especially in recent years. Um, one of my favorite matches was last night, the Rhodes and Reigns match. I thought that was good. Edge and Balor were good. Just wondering what your favorite match of the weekend was. I know there's a lot of good ones, very entertaining. Uh, lastly, obviously, it's the last ncaa tournament uh game tonight as you're probably recording this today and uh i got uconn big man i think i think uh they cover might get a little sweaty i say maybe like a 71 to 60 game um i think uconn has all the tools they can beat you in every single way so i'm wondering who you got tonight have a good week everybody see ya MJ, welcome back, MJ. 60 seconds with MJ. That's been mostly my fault. I will take like 98% of the blame on why we weren't getting MJ. I was sending MJ the uh, the text to fill out the, uh, to do the voice thing at bad times for him, and then I got lazy. So welcome back, MJ. Let's start with the college basketball. I got to agree with him. I have been going against UConn the entire time. I think we've bet against him most, most, uh, most times. It has not worked. Has not worked one bit. We uh, we split this weekend again in bets. All the boys were were busy. 
uh, too cool for school again. You know that not just one of them, all of them blew me off this time. So we're just going solo here, solo old walls this week. But yeah, MJ, I'm with you. I think UConn wins probably by double digits. I haven't so let's double check what the line's been up to. They've won every game in the tournament by double digits now, I believe. I want to double check that real quick, but yeah, they're a seven and a half point favorite, and I don't think it's enough. I don't. I do not think it's enough. Uh, I just, I just don't. Yeah, 13, 28, uh, 23, 15, 14. Yeah. So yeah, every game in the tournament with that double digits. Uh, no point in, you know, not jumping on the bandwagon at this point. San Diego State, battle tested, right? The, uh, the game winner, March Madness carrying over into April. Little April Fools. Whoops, you guys thought you were winning, FAU. Not today. Has that guy got a new job yet? What's his name? Dusty May? Yeah, has he got a new job yet? He's got to have one soon. Mm, no, no news yet. No news yet. Maybe by tomorrow. But yeah, uh, what is there to say, man? It's It's been an upside-down tournament. We did not do well. Betting, we split again. We split like the last, I think we split every three weeks now, um, other than the first weekend when we were like 22 and 29, something like that. So uh, we didn't do well. We didn't get crushed. We didn't get crushed. We paid out a little cash, uh, you know, down down a few units, you know, down what, down eight or eight, seven, eight, nine units overall, something like that. I don't know how you would figure the units thing, but uh, we were mostly 500. Just lost the VIG. We literally just lost the VIG the rest of the way. So maybe we just hammer UConn today and uh, see what happens. Maybe that's the play. Other other college basketball. Let's just do this here while we're while we're talking about it. Watch the women's title game because I wanted to see a little more of uh, the Caitlin Clark girl, who is phenomenal, by the way. Really weird thing. She piv- She's a right-handed shooter, and she pivots with her right foot a lot. I- I've noticed that and found that very, very interesting. Usually, right-handed shooters uh, set their pivot foot with their left foot so they can kind of step into it with their right foot. So it was very interesting that she did that. But, man, she can ball. Uh, she comes back next year because I think in the w- – the- yeah, to get to the WNBA, you have to be uh, – you have to finish college. So it- interesting. I probably won't watch a ton. The, the big controversy that somehow has come out, it's not what we should be talking about, but is Angel Reese, I think. Uh, the girl for LSU was like pointing at her finger and, and doing the you can't see me <clears throat> to, to Caitlin Clark, who had done the you can't see me a couple of games ago. Let's, let's be fair. Is it the best look? No. Is it that big a deal? Absolutely not. Who gives a shit, man? Like, she was talking shit. They just ran them in the national title game. Like, you don't want to know how you stop that? You win. That's how you don't. That's how you prevent Angel Reese from talking shit to you. You beat them. I I don't see the big deal. Like I said, is it the best look in the world? No. You know, if I were a coach, would I want my player doing that? I don't know. Probably not. I played high school basketball. I was a fucking idiot then, too. I did, did shit, dumb shit. I dropped a John Cena. You can't see me one time when I was in high school. Their kids, uh, you know, played a big game 
and just won a national title. Like, I just don't care. I don't think it's that big a deal. And I think it's fucking mind-blowing that that's what we're talking about. Because what we should be talking about was how bad that fucking game was officiated. It's going to be the biggest viewed women's college basketball game of the year, no doubt. National title and Caitlin Clark is like kind of became like this little mini phenomenon. It's the reason I tune in. And the officials just can't get out of their own way. Like, I didn't really have a dog in the fight. I wanted to see Caitlin Clark. I wanted to see her play well. The big worry is, like, all the hype comes, and then she doesn't play well when you tune in for, like, the last two games, and then you see her kind of have an average game. She played great. She was getting mugged, and I didn't feel like the calls were going both ways. I thought that – and this is a thing that happens – when in, in basketball, when one team as a whole team plays very aggressive, is that if the whole team is doing it and the whole team's aggressive and the whole team's got hands on playing defense, it's it, it makes it tougher to like stick out. So like that's kind of a credit to LSU at the same time. That they were all so super aggressive that it's hard to pick out single fouls. But I thought there were some calls missed. And the technical foul on Caitlin Clark was one of the most horrendous calls I've ever seen. She, like, tossed the ball out of bounds behind her back. In the national title game, you fucking let that go. That is not a call you make. That was awful. And the LSU coach, is it Kim Mulkey or is it Kim Mulkey? I I don't know. Was like running onto the court the entire game. It's like, holy shit. You're going to call Caitlin Clark flipping it behind her back. Like, that's the moment when the refs are like, oh, yeah, here's my spot. Here's my spot. So, yeah, that's uh, that's mostly what I have with the college basketball. MJ, we're going to address your WrestleMania comments here coming up next because I watched a lot more of that than I watched the basketball this weekend. So let's uh, let's move on to that. Okay, on to WrestleMania. As MJ said, This was a fantastic WrestleMania. Saturday night was near perfection, in my opinion. Sunday was very good as well. MJ said, maybe one of the best WrestleManias in the last few years. I I initially, I thought to myself, I think he's right. So I went back and looked. Better than last year, no doubt. Better than two years ago in Tampa. That was the first one after COVID. The COVID one... While it was very interesting and unique, it's better than that. The next one, I thought that it possibly could have been as 35. It was better than 34 was not very good. That was uh, Roman Reigns and uh, Lesnar as well. The last one I thought that started the last couple I thought that started to compete were 33. That was in Orlando. That was main evented by Reigns and The Undertaker, which was kind of a rough match. But there were some good matches in there. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Goldberg was a fun match. Rollins and Triple H was a little long, but good. The Hardy Boys came back on that one. 32 was... uh, 32, I think, up until, like... I think the first couple matches of 32. The latter match was great. Jericho and AJ was good. Stone Cold and uh, Mick Foley and Shawn Michaels came out. That was good. Last year was pretty good, too, with Stone Cold twice, which is, you know, makes up for it. 
the 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 only I think now we're back to thirty one, which was uh, California. That was Rollins stealing the show. Start to finish that WrestleMania was fantastic. It was the last one before they started going super super long. It was uh, on the nine total matches. Two of those were on the pre-show. So on the actual pay-per-view, it was nine matches. None of the matches got crazy long. Longest match was 18 minutes and 36 seconds. That was Triple H and Sting. And that was an absolute clusterfuck of awesomeness. Uh, Undertaker came back. Cena and Rusev. Remember, Rusev rode in the tank, and then Rollins steals it. WrestleMania 30 is the Daniel Bryan one, which was also a great one. Uh, Again, eight matches, one on the pre-show. Opens with Daniel Bryan and Triple H. Uh, The Shield are fighting. Brock Lesnar breaks the streak. Not a great match, great moment. Cena and Wyatt. So those are the ones that it competes with, I think. I think it competes with last year, which I think it's better than. (sighs) 31. 31 is one of my favorite WrestleManias ever. 30 is a great one as well, too. So uh, it's definitely up there. MJ asked me what my favorite match was. Oh, I don't know, man. Like, let's just do this. I loved every match the first night for, like, different reasons. Uh, Seeing Cena was awesome. Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley was an incredible match. The tag team title match was so good to end night one. Usos and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. The Becky Lynch and Lita and Trish Stratus match was just fun because the style, you know, they gave you the nostalgia dose. Seth Rollins and Logan Paul was fantastic. Like, Logan Paul is good at this. KSI shows up. The, the four-way tag match to open was just chaos of the best, like, the best chaos that there could be. It just Pat McAfee shows up and beats The Miz in a fun moment. Like, it's just, it, from start to finish, night one was so good. If you force me to pick my favorite match from night one, I'm going with the main event, the tag team title match, the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Just absolutely fantastic, in my opinion. Stole, stole the show of a, an incredible card. Uh, I, I wanted to say this, too. Seth Rollins is the best wrestler on the w, in the WWE. Like, best pure wrestler. Maybe the best pure wrestler... In the wrestling world. I don't watch enough AEW to to make that claim with any great distinction. But the stuff he does. He just puts on fantastic match after fantastic match. Night 2. Night 2 was very good. Not as good as night 1. Brock and almost. That was alright. Like you knew what you were getting. You're going to get some big dudes. Kind of half the thing is. Oh look at the size of these dudes. Like that's what it gets. You know what? It it works for me. Is Is it a. Five-star match? No. Is it Brock Lesnar just tossing somebody around and getting tossed around? Brock Lesnar, when he wants to sell, sells like a goddamn champ. Uh, The woman's tag match was not very good. That one. See, there was no bad match the first night. The women's tag match, not great. Then it was that Intercontinental title match. Which is... One of the most incredible matches I've ever seen. Not so much because the the match was great. Like, if you just take out the fact that these guys literally beat the ever-loving piss out of each other and beat each other to a pulp. Like, if you take that out of it, 
it was still a good match. It was still a great match. But these dudes were chopping the shit out of each other and just absolutely blistering each other. Sheamus did the 29, the beats of the drum on the chest, 29 and a half times. It looks like he was going to keep going, but I think it was Drew McIntyre was taking was like, fuck this. I'm done. Like, no more. I'm, I'm out. I'm out of here. Oh, oh, poor Shane. Shane O'Mac comes back, gets himself a nice little pop. And then uh, it all goes to hell in the handbasket for him. Just, uh, just, he goes, he does the, the lay down, the jump over and bam. There goes the, there goes the quad. Tears out his quad like father, like son. Speaking of father, let's just take a quick pause. So go look up what Vince McMahon looks like. Homeboy is now dyeing his hair and has just a little skinny pencil mustache. My man just plays right into like the heel. But yeah, so Miz and Shane, Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg gets in the ring and just lays out Miz. Great audible, great audible. You can hear the ref yelling, people's elbow, people's elbow. So she was obviously getting some uh, some directions, but it was uh, it was a fun save there. Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell was a good match. We got a little bit hurt from, you know, the spot where Edge throws the ladder at Baylor and he gets busted open on top of his head. If you saw that, look that up. He was really, that was a real bad gash. So I understand now more why they stopped it. It was hard to tell in the moment because of the face paint, like what was blood, what was paint. You could see that it was dripping on the mat. So that's tough when they have to stop the match. It kind of hurts the flow. Still a good match, though. But, you know, not as good as not as good as some of the stuff on night one. The star of night one was the main event again. Or star of night two was the main event again. Just like it was with night one. It, it all re- revolves around the bloodline uh, storyline. Roman Reigns, Cody Rhodes. The story we've been building to since... Last WrestleMania, Cody Rhodes comes back. It would have been interesting to know what they would have done with Cody Rhodes, but the injury that he sustains and then works hell in a cell last year with the, with the, the you know, the, the, the like, uh, bruising, all the bruising because he tore his pec. So he goes out, comes back, wins the Rumble. And main events, WrestleMania. And it was a fantastic match. I was of the belief going in that that match, it was going to be Cody Rhodes. It was going to be the, it was going to be the coronation of a new champ. And my man, MJ, he kept saying, he goes, Reigns is going to win. Reigns is going to win. I was like, "Ah, I don't know. And then the more it happened, I was like, man, maybe he is. And my biggest, my biggest doubt was as Reigns is walking to the ring, they say he's been champ for 945 days. I'm like, 945? We're going to strip him at 945? We're not going to let the dude get to 1,000 straight days as champ? And somebody else, I saw this tweet, and I don't even know where I saw it. But it was like, did you guys really think they were going to let the AEW founder, essentially, the AEW star, show back up? and take down Roman Reigns, like the most WWE-produced guy in the last 20 years. 
and the main event of WrestleMania to end a historic run. They're like, there's no chance that was ever going to happen. I was like, shit, that was right. So, favorite match. I'm going to go with the night one tag match. I love a good tag match. I think the pacing can be really good. You don't deal as, as many just kind of slow spots. Sometimes not as much story building there, but I I just love the pacing of a good tag match. The the undisputed title match was incredible. I mean, it's one and one A, and you know what? One C is that Intercontinental Triple Threat. So just a just a very enjoyable WrestleMania. I had a great time watching it. I had a couple too many beverages watching it Saturday night, felt like shit Sunday, but you know I had a great time. I'm very interested to see. I'm gonna. I've been I've been watching Raw and SmackDown like. I'll record it. I'll jump in. If something's on that's interesting, I'll watch. I'll fast forward to like basically like the Rain storyline or the Sami Zayn stuff, and then I'll turn it off. So like I didn't know about any of the undercard stuff. I kind of had a pretty good idea what was going on in the Bloodline stuff. I'll be doing the same again tonight for Raw. I don't know if I'll make it. Tell you what I won't make. I, I forgot to mention this. There's no chance I'm going to watch all that NCAA title game. Starts at uh, 8.20 Central. You poor fucks on the East Coast, 920. So, so yeah, that's, uh, uh, like I said, real interested to see where they go with this. Felt like it was going to be Cody's moment. So, uh, yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of WrestleMania. Best match of the night, tag match. Let's, uh, let's talk about the golf real quick. Corey Connors. I uh, picked him in my fantasy league. Picks up a, picks up a victory. The Valero Texas Open. I believe this is the second time he's won this. A final round 68 for Mr. Corey Connors. What did he open up with? He was right there the whole time. I didn't watch much, if at any. Uh, I was doing other stuff. And the field wasn't that great. So Uh, Corey Connors is one of two people in the last three years to top 10 it at the Masters each of the last three years. Him and Cam Smith. So very interesting. 69 on Saturday. Nice. 72 on round two Friday and the, yeah, 64. I knew he got started. I knew he had a good one in there. So yeah, Corey Connors, your winner, two PGA tour wins. It is yes, indeed the Valero Texas open in 2019 as well. The runner up this week was Sam Stevens, Sam Stevens. Who is Sam Stevens for 500 Alex? No idea who this dude is. He made it interesting. He was having an interesting round. My man made two eagles on the day, three bogeys, one, two, three, four more birdies. Interesting. Matt Kuchar has had a little bit of resurgence going on lately, by the way. So, but you guys know what it is, right? It's here. It's Masters Week, baby. Ah, I love it. The Masters is the best golf tournament in the world. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, I, I am so excited for the Masters every year. There's something about it. You know, knowing the course, like just knowing every shot on the course, or not every shot, but knowing every hole. And you're like, yep, know what that hole is. Like, you just see them, and you don't need to for them to tell you, oh, what hole is this? There's a couple that are a little, you know, can be kind of similar looking. But for the most part, like when you see those guys out in the course, you know what hole they're on. You're like, oh, yeah. Birdie hole. Time to go get it. Ooh, tough hole. How's it playing today? 
Some changes were made to the to Augusta National this year. The big one is they lengthened 13, moved the tee way back. Uh, really a shoot there now, kind of similar to 18, how there's a shoot and how 11 used to look. But yeah, that uh, that one's going to be interesting. Because last year they lengthened lengthened fifth excuse me lengthened fifteen, and there were no eagles. Everybody just kind of ended up laying up. I don't think that's what you want. You want people to be going for it. You want the risk reward. You want the eagles. You want the doubles, the bogeys. You want the balls in the creek. You want the balls in the pond on fifteen. So it'll be interesting to see if they find that balance this year, and get it so people will go for it. I hope they can. I hope they can, because 13 is one of the best holes in that stretch. Amen corner, obviously, 11, 12, 13. And maybe the best nine in golf, the back nine at Augusta. Or the second nine, I believe. The second nine with the the patrons in the first cut. There's no rough. There's no fans. There's patrons in the first cut. I don't know why. I'm still on this Rory and Spieth bandwagon. It's going to cost me. I'm thinking I'm going to hammer those two in fantasy, and it's going to cost me. I really think it's going to. It'll be interesting. To, it's tough to know what to make of the live guys. They just played a tournament last week, which was a little interesting that they played a tournament the week before. Um, Who? Let's see. Let's look it up. Fred, uh, I mean, not Fred, I just saw Fred Couples. When I well, Torque GC won the, the team total. They were 36 under. Who's on Torque GC? Munoz, Mito Pereira, Joaquin Neiman, and Puig. Okay. Oops. Too far back. Smash GC took second. That's Brooks Kepka. He won the overall. His brother played good. He was fucking four over for the tournament. What an awesome league. Uh, Matt Wolf played all right, eleven under. Co crack, not bad. God damn, I keep hitting back. I don't want to go back. I don't. I want the player. There we go. Yeah, Kepka goes six under, six under, three under. Dean Burmeister. Who is Dean Burmeister? Pat Reed and Matt Wolf are right there. Mito, DJ, Uline, Carlos Ortiz. God, there's just not a lot of good players in this. Um, DeChambeau's still struggling, but he shot four under on the final day. Taylor Gooch. I would have thought he'd be doing better in this. What the fuck did Phil shoot? Oh, Jesus. He shot four under the final day. I see he declined to take a... Uh... Phil was my boy, and I've really lost some respect for Phil. Um, he declined a... A press conference at the Masters this year. Like, he's got all this shit to say, but doesn't like to have to have answer questions. Uh, so yeah, Kepka. Uh, Kepka, obviously, I think is somebody to take a look at. I think they were also playing like a fucking Muni this week. Like, it wasn't like the big, the, the toughest test in golf. Obviously, they're 15 under through three days. So I think Kepka, Reed, I don't buy Wolf. He'll fucking implode on himself. DJ. You know, Mito and Joaquin Neiman are people to kind of keep a look on. Other than that, like, DeChambeau hasn't been playing good golf. I haven't heard shit about Taylor Gooch. So, I think those are the guys to look at. Cam Smith. Where was Cam Smith? Cam 
five under, 10 back. Interesting. Obviously, he's been playing good golf at Augusta the last few years. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of the live, guys. It's just tough. You like you don't see him compete that much. P. Reed's going to hang around. I think Brooks is going to hang around. Brooks might be getting healthy. I mean, that's been the, the rumors is that he's healthy, and that was the first rumor of, like, he may want to come back. Rory, John Rahm, you know, your usuals. I don't see this as a home a week. I don't know that JT's got the thing here, so it'll be fun. I can't wait. Can't wait. Let's talk the fight game. Some fights. This past weekend, Anthony Joshua returned to the ring. First time back in the ring for him since losing back-to-back fights to Alexander Usyk. He was... Victorious in a uh, a match that he won pretty handedly. I don't think there was. I don't think there was any dispute at all. If there was, I missed it. He was a unanimous decision victor. One eighteen, one eleven, and then one seventeen, one eleven, two times. This was the first time he hadn't fought in a title match, a heavyweight title match. Since April of 2016, when he knocked out Charles Martin. So, like I said, convincing win in the fact that it was for everything. Um, You know, I mean, not for everything. That he won everything, every card easily. There was nothing on the line here other than just getting him get himself back in the win column after his after those back to back losses. But I was less than impressed, way less than impressed. He didn't, he didn't look good to me. I didn't see anything that I, I thought was impressive. He was a dude who was throwing some good jabs, but there was nothing coming back behind it. This does not look like the guy who fought Vladimir Klitschko back in 2017. And was, you know, knocking everybody out, you know, on the way up to it, too. When he was knocking TKO and Dillian White and knocking out Charles Martin and just kind of being an aggressive dude. And, you know, there's a lot of people in the world who say ever since he got that big knockdown, got knocked down hard by Klitschko, that he's never been the same. And then obviously never been the same since Andy Ruiz knocked him out. But, yeah, he wins. It's not convincing. He was heavy for the fight, which is... You know, it, it, there's a there's a trend, and this I, I saw this on Twitter that every time he weighs heavy, he looks like dog shit. Like he moves slow, he doesn't seem like lean and ready to move. And every time he comes in lighter, he's a better fighter. And I just I don't know. I'm just not. I was not impressed. There was people pointing out. Steve Kim tweeted that he was looking over at his corner during breaks in the action. This was his first fight uh, with a, with a new trainer. James, the guy who trains uh, the Charlo brothers and Errol Spence, Derek James. It just, it felt underwhelming. This was a good one. This is excruciating. Looks like uh, watching someone drive a Corvette 30 miles under the speed limit. Um, Yeah, it just, it just didn't seem like he was getting, he, he's not getting out of his game what he's got the physical traits for. I don't know what, what's next for him. Like, they're talking about Dillian White in July. That's a fight he should be able to win. Dillian White is is on the downside. 
Um, but then what? He fights Wilder or Fury in the fall? I mean, Dillian White just beat Jermaine Franklin, too, in a much closer fight. It was a majority decision. His three fights before that were Tyson Fury and Alexander Povetkin twice, which was swapping swapping knockouts. Um, so I just don't know, man. I just don't know what it like for a guy with all the all the potential in the world, and he was so enthralling. I don't know what he goes from here. I'll tell you what. I'm still in on a uh, an Anthony Joshua Deontay Wilder fight. I think that'd be fun, and. I'd be interested. I, I don't think it goes well for Anthony Joshua at this point, though. So, huh. I just don't know. I just don't know. Huh. Elsewhere in the boxing world, Vasily Lomachenko and Devin Haney are set for a matchup for Haney's undisputed lightweight belts May 20th. And actually, they're going to do that uh, that that pay per view, it's going to be a little less expensive, like fifty or sixty bucks instead of like the eighty five for Devin Haney or for not for Devin Haney, for uh, for Tank and Ryan Garcia. I don't know if I'm paying eighty five bucks to watch Tank and Ryan Garcia. Two dudes have really never really proven a whole lot. Other way, other way in the fighting world, UFC two eighty seven coming up this Saturday. This Saturday, fun card. Uh, a couple of bantam weights I'm not too familiar with. Paul Rosas Jr. going to kick off the pay-per-view card. He's fighting Christian Rodriguez. I will take Paul Rosas Jr. in that fight. He is a couple inches taller, shorter reach. But seven years Christian Rodriguez Jr. Just feels like that's the, that's the dude who's going to win. Kevin Holland. And Santiago Ponzinibbio, Zinbibio, Ponzinibbio, Ponzinibbio. I think I'm. I think I'm actually getting pretty pretty close there. Uh, Kevin Holland, much younger man. Ponzinibbio though feels like a guy uh, I want to get in on. As you recall, Kevin Holland not long ago was getting head kicked left and right by uh, by Wonder Boy. Also had to fight uh, Hazmat in that fucked up card. And he's fought three times since June of 2022. That dude gets after it. He fights constantly. What about my man Santiago? I think he's fought relatively recently as well. Uh, yep, he won back in December over Alex Moreno. Uh, Michael Pereira uh, took him down back in May. I don't know why. Ugh. I'm rooting for Kevin Holland. Let's just put it that way. I really like Kevin Holland because the dude just literally fights constantly. I'm rooting for him, but I think Ponzinibbio is the pick for some reason. I don't know why. I will be happy to be wrong. I hope Kevin Holland wins. Uh, next fight, a bantamweight. Another little guy. Rob Font and Adrian Yanez. Don't know much about these guys. Again, I'm going with the youth. Adrian Yanez is six years Rob Font's junior. In the co-main, uh, a real fight here where... This is a crossroads kind of matchup for both of these guys. Gilbert Burns and Jorge Masvidal. Both a little older gentlemen. Um, have been, have been you know, not the most active people in the world. For, for Jorge, that is. Jorge's only fought three times in the last three years. All losses. Colby Covington last year. 
21, it was Usman. In 2020, it was Usman on short notice. Gilbert Burns, a little more active. He's fought back in January, so not too long of a turnaround for him. Uh, only had one fight in 2022, but two in 2021, and actually fought uh, fought twice in 2020, March and then May. So snuck one in before the shutdown and then got back real quick uh, to fight Tyron Woodley. I like Gilbert Burns in this fight. I think he's a better fighter. I I not I don't think Jorge's that great. I think he had a nice little run. He benefited by hugely by the knockout of uh, Ben Askren. He had also been knocking other people out in that stretch. He had a had a nice little stretch there, beating Nate Diaz, who I've mentioned again. I don't think is a all that great himself. Um. You know, he beat Donald, like kind of his run is 2016 up to 2020, 2019, end of 2019 when he fights Nate Diaz. Ross Pearson, Jake Jake Ellenberger, Donald Cerrone, everybody beats Donald Cerrone. Uh, loses to Damian Maya and Wonderboy, then beats, goes on a nice little run here, beats Darren Till, beats Ben Askren, obviously with that, that unreal knockout, and then beats Nate Diaz in the journeyman bowl, uh, then loses back to back to Usman and then Colby Colby wins as well. So um, I, I think Gilbert Burns takes it here. And then the main event, the main event, Alex Pereira, Israel Adesanya, Izzy, Stylebender, can, can he figure out Alex Pereira? Because Alex Pereira has figured him out. I think he's 3-0 against him now. Two two fights in kickboxing, then the uh, the last the last UFC fight. I see nothing to tell me different. I haven't seen any of the fights. I may watch this one. I don't know. It'll all depend on the schedule. Saturday gonna be not out of town, but uh, but yeah, I I I think Alex Pereira does it again. Sometimes there's just dudes who have your number. It can happen in team sports. It can happen in fighting sports. Like. There's just dudes who have your number. Now, that said, I would not be shocked at all if Adesanya beats him. Adesanya's a great fighter. Great fighter. Prayer just seems to have his number. So I'm excited. This uh, this seems like a good card. I hope I can get to, to watch it. I think the prelim card I had at least. Uh, yeah, Kevin Gastelum's going to fight in the main event on the prelim card. Don't know much. Oh, oh no. Yuji Ling is not fighting. It says canceled. So yeah, anybody on the early prelims, I know. Nope, nope. So yeah, but yeah, fun card looking. Uh, Kevin Gaston, the prelim card, and then the main card looks fun too. And I'm not, again, I'm not the biggest fan of Izzy and his style. I don't think it makes for the most interesting fights, but hey, this uh, this could be a pretty good card. I'll be uh, I'll be interested to see what happens. I forgot to talk about this in golf and the master stuff. Gary Player's whining again about Augusta National. This dude's just fucking intolerable about this. He's crying that he doesn't have the privileges that the members have. Like, no shit, you don't. It's one of the most exclusive clubs in the world. Oh, I don't like it. I can go play anytime I want, but I'm not allowed to bring anybody out to go play with the member. They don't really look. Fuck off. Who cares? You get you get to play Augusta National whenever you want. Tough shit. Like, read the room. Like, do you not understand? Like, I don't think anyone's going to have fucking sympathy for you. I saw this funny meme. Uh, the pool tables and beat it and the beat it music video by Michael Jackson didn't have holes in them. They were just 
pool square pool tables with with no holes. Like I no nobody knows what to do with those balls. So I, I don't know what kind of pool we're playing at that pool hall. I got a Coach Slano in our uh, in our group text started texting us about pickleball. And what do you know? No more than like 25 minutes later, I'm scrolling through reels, just kind of laying around, and I get a I get a pickleball video. Like not only are they listening to us and like tracking what we search, they're tracking our text messages now too. Like they're just all in. They're just going for it. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> I saw another funny thing. Liquid death. I don't know where this was. Maybe I may be getting like worked here. They posted a picture and it says, just like pornographic magazines in the airport. Just like pornographic. Are there did they sell pornographic? I didn't even catch this. They sell porn in the airport? Pornographic mags? Never knew that. National retailers are now requiring liquid death to obscure our labels on the shelf for the safety of children and the easily offended. And then they have, it is, it covers up their can. It says, this water may not be appropriate for children under 13 and even some adults. Maybe that's just a great marketing tool because it's kind of funny as shit. Um, here's something I also saw that's not funny. This guy fucking sucks. Gavin Newsom is out here launching a new organization, Campaign for Democracy. America is in an ex- existential struggle for democracy. Extremist Republicans are systematically attacking the very foundations of free society, denying women equality, attacking community, fetishizing weapons of war, banning books, restricting speech, and undermining the right to vote. It's un American. It's undemocratic. Time to fight back. And he starts talking about authoritarian leaders. Is this motherfucker for real? This guy sucks. Didn't he shut down his whole fucking state for like two and a half years? He's talking about freedom. We're talking about practice. I mean, get the fuck out of here, Gavin. Gavin Newsom is the worst example of a politician. And there's, hey, don't get me wrong. There's guys on the right that suck too. A lot of them. Most of them. If not all of them. But God, Gavin Newsom's a fuck. I just can't stand the guy. He, he, there's a, there's enough issues going on in California. Maybe he should just fucking worry about that. But I mean, he's so obviously running for president. Um, What else we got going on here? First album, best album. How often is that the case? I tried to search best debut albums of all time. And Rolling Stone has an article about this, apparently. And it's got some you know great ones on here. Beastie Boys, Licensed to Ill. Not the biggest Beastie Boy fan, but I think I know a lot of those songs off that. Ramones, Ramones. Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, that's for sure. NWA, Straight Outta Compton. I'm not reading right down the list. I'm just picking out some certain things here. Jay-Z, Reasonable Doubt. I I would disagree with that. Was it like the Black Album by Jay-Z? Isn't that the one that's the real, the real banger? No. Admittedly, I'm not, I'm not, uh, 
the biggest rap rap guy in the world, but where do you find their albums? Disc obviously. Disc discography. What is wrong with discography? Yeah, the black album. There we go. Reasonable doubt. What's on reasonable doubt? Can't knock the hustle. That no, there's no way. Yeah, so this was this is not a good example, which is why it was tough. But I feel like more often than not, you know, the best album is the first album from a lot of people. Yeah, the black albums are better. So Jay Z's. I mean, this is just called this. This list is just the best debut albums, though. There are some good ones on here. B.I.G. rated Die, Van Halen, Van Halen. I got to think of the Ooh, Killers, Hot Fuss. That's a good one. That's that one for sure. Weezer, Blue Album. Yup. Leonard Skinner. You know, some of these people like half the thing is that they they die or break up. Oasis definitely maybe is another good one on here. But yeah, it seems like a lot of times like the first album somebody comes out with is like all their greatest stuff. And then they have to kind of like redo it and like start it all over. And it's not as easy to come up with like another album like a, a minute later. You know, they have to put out another album the next year. And it's not the same as kind of like their life's work going into going into what they've been doing. So I'd just be very interesting. I should deep, I should do a little bit more of a deep dive into that and just kind of figure it out. Oh, I took a nap Sunday. It was glorious. It's glorious. I told you I, I had maybe a couple too many drinks. Stayed up a little too late watching WrestleMania. Didn't feel my finest for uh, for the early part of Sunday. Uh, but yeah, I uh, ended up taking a nap and, you know, I woke up after the nap and was like, I'm ready to rock. I'm back. I'm ready. I'm here. Let's do this. It's the first nap I've taken in a long time. I can't tell you the last time I took a nap, but it was it was glorious. It's glorious. Ooh, we had tornado warnings uh, Friday night, and I am so glad they have a finished basement and like that's where we hang out. And like watch TV and stuff. Got a fridge, got a bathroom down here. Like it makes the process of like if we have a tornado like easy. I mean, I can remember growing up a couple of times we had tornadoes. All we had down in our basement was some weights, my brother's weights. And so there was a weight bench. There might have been a chair down there. Maybe we just sat on the stairs. I don't know. But it was unfinished. It was dirty. It was wet. Like if you had to go down there, it sucked. No TV. Back then, you didn't have cell service either, so. Yeah. It, uh, the, the, one of the nicest things about my house is that my basement is finished in many aspects, but the fact that we got stuck down here with a tornado warning and we're able to just kind of chill, played some video games, roommate was watching some TV, had a computer down here, like I said, fridge, bathroom, you're all set. We're all set. Ooh. Heard uh, Should Have Been a Cowboy by Toby Keith the other day. That's a jam. That's an all-timer right there. That's that's one of the best ever. Just an absolute jam. Toby Keith's Toby Keith slaps, but that one's that's as good as it gets. And uh came out this morning. We'll uh, we'll we'll end on this. WWE is gonna be sold. The sale is the sale is official. Or I guess not official. They're still working on it, but it's in 
Principal Dunn, I assume, I think is, I guess, maybe the way to hear, say it. Endeavor. The talent agency, I think it's Ari Emanuel, the guy who's uh, Ari Gold is based on, that also owns UFC. So UFC and WWE are going to be made into one company, I think I've read. I'm, I'm not, you know, the the most up on this, but I believe that's what's going to happen. They will be one company. It's going to be a new new corporation that will be kind of overseeing it. They'll have a, a joint board. And then, you know, Dana's still in charge of UFC. Vince in charge of, of WWE. So very interesting. Very interesting. All the... Uh, you know, there's a lot of naysayers that as soon as Vince was back, the thing's going to, you know, run itself into the ground. Well, it didn't run itself into the ground. It got, uh, you know, as, as about as good as it could be. I think they valued it at like $9 billion. So it'll be very, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I think they said maybe by the end of the year it'll all become official. I'm guessing from a TV product. I know they've got a TV, they've got their TV rights deals coming up, so. That that could change, you know. Maybe it ends up, you know, Raw or SmackDown ends up on some streaming service. I'm guessing from what you see day to day, at least for the time being, I don't think a whole hell of a lot's going to change. All the uh, all the internet uh, wrestling fans, the marks, the internet marks, the IWC, they're all fucking freaking again. Stand of the world, as we know what Vince came back. He's got a row of creative. I'm interested to see what happens. So. All right, I'm out. Let's uh, let's go take this thing home. Okay, closing time. Closing time. Let's get this thing wrapped up and head on home. Thank you guys again just one more time saying thank you. I appreciate all you guys. I thank you for all the support. It means the world to me. So I hope you guys are having some fun. Uh, and I just, I appreciate it. I just don't know what else to say. I, I just, it, I'm still blown away every day when I see how many listens I get. So thank you guys so much. Again, reminder, reminder here. Next week, probably going to be delayed until Wednesday. Possibly late Tuesday, but I would say Wednesday almost assuredly. It could be even, it could be later in the day on Wednesday as well. So just a, just a little programming note there. We will be back next week. We got the Masters. We got some fights. Uh, we got, I'll be traveling. So I'm sure some asshole will be trying to sprint to the front of the plane before we hit the ground. So, Until next week, peace.